Hi, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 92, the moonshot episode. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. We are fresh down from checking out the uh, Hall of Fame speeches. Oh, we're weepy. And oh my God. Sorry if we sniffle, but that's why. That that was very moving, and we had to start filming before Mariano, so that is going to be the first thing that I do after we turn off the recording devices is to go back and listen to him because I don't know he's got he's got a lot to to top after what we've seen. Yeah, um, Brandy Halliday. If you if your time is short, um, skip right to Brandy Halliday for sure. Yeah, Edgar She's Martinez was moving too. Yeah, they were all the good. Oh, nice. Everybody's good. great. Hey, and in cross training, I know a world champion. This is so cool. Hey, do we get another sport? We get another sport. Oh, cool. My neighbor and friend, I'm gonna I'm gonna name check her, Michelle McGee, lives down the street. And I watched this girl grow up into this fabulous woman. She made the USA women's national ultimate team. Ultimate frisbee. Although frisbee. They, they call it disc. Disc. Right? I think it's, it's not- disc thing. Mm-hmm. So she played at Stanford on a club team and then she made the USA national team. They just brought home the world championship this weekend in the 24 and under category. I know a world championship. She lives on my street. Who knew? Are there any cool photographs or press releases? You can find it on the internet box. You just have to look look for world champion ultimate Frisbee 2019 and things show up. Maybe we can do some internet box homework so that we can find. So yeah, let's make magic happen. We're good at magic, right? Uh, a, a quick sad note. I just want to say rest in peace to Pumpsy Green and thank you. This is a hero because he stopped the the Red Sox from being racist assholes for longer than they already were. So, yes, he was the first um, African-American player in the Red Sox who uh, were like 15 years behind the rest of the world in this. And I just want to say that the Red Sox have a bright future, making amends for this. But this is definitely a, a dark mark on our on our history and um, and somebody who should be remembered in a positive way. On today's show, I have a crazy Orioles Hawaiian shirt on. Again, it's a new crazy Orioles shirt for a couple of reasons. One is it's hotter than hell right now. So I feel like I want to pretend I'm in the tropics. But also, Mike Messina got inducted to the Hall of Fame today. So yay, Orioles. Also, the worst team in baseball beat the Nats and the Red Sox recently, so we got to give them some respect for that. I can't tell you if I feel good or bad about that, but respect is deserved. We are going to talk about Gaylord Perry, Apollo 11, Moonshot, and one of the greatest coincidences in baseball history. We're going to tell you about the Heart and Hustle Awards, or as we call them, the Boyfriend Awards. We're going to answer our very first mailbag question about Christian Yelich and Launch Angle. We're going to talk about Aaron Frickin' Boone, and maybe a new racist or at least slurish nickname. We're going to have retaliation and alliteration with some Marisnek Ramirez Machado musings. Huh? How about that? Grooming segment is back. It's been a while. And it's Women in Baseball Week. So hooray for the Oakland A's, among others. You would have had to be pretty deeply asleep to miss all of the anniversary excitement about the 50th year since the Americans landed on the moon. There's a sports connection. I did not know about this. It's Pretty hilarious. So Giants Hall of Fame pitcher Gaylord Perry, talking about the 1960s, I was alive for one part of this story. That would be the moon landing part of this story. In 1962, when he was a rookie for the Giants, he was taking batting practice. Again, he's a pitcher, right? He's a pitcher, so he's not known for his swing. A sports journalist said to the Giants manager, um, Alvin Dark, you know, this guy's got a swing. He's going to hit home runs for you and this and that. And, and, And Alvin Dark said, quote, 
there'll be a man on the moon before Gaylord Perry hits a home run. Throwing down the gauntlet there. 1962. Gotcha. Fast forward to July 20th, 1969. The Giants are playing a 1 p.m. game versus the Dodgers. Apollo 11 lands on the moon at the top of the third at 117 local time for the game. Fans have a moment where they stand up and honor these, you know, the, the lunar module landing on the moon. Bottom of the third, about a half an hour later, Gaylord Perry hits a home run. That is crazy stuff. So the groundskeeper at the time had a little black and white TV plugged in in a little room like behind the behind the bullpen. And he's watching all this and he hears everybody cheering like crazy. And he opens the door, figuring people are cheering about the moon landing to find out that Gaylord Perry hit a home run. So that's pretty cool. And I just want to point out that that and plus the icing on a cake of Steven Strasburg just going three for three in a game, hitting a three-run home run and five RBAs, dancing in the dugout also goes to support my anti-designated hit, hit, designated hitter stance because these things wouldn't be stories we could talk about without that. All right. A quick DH. We just saw Edgar Martinez. I knew that. I knew. See, I wrote this before that. It was beautiful. He also played third base and he could have kept playing third base. Yeah. Except for the DH thing. Gaylord Perry, Moonshot. Yeah. Coincidence. So I want to know. I want to know who um, broke it to the journalist, though. Like, did that guy just have to eat his words on that or or just say that, you know, I guess I guess I did call it. You did call it. Yeah. He called it. All right, calling it. Talk about calling it. Here's my segue. Yeah. We can call these awards. Actually, you can call them a little bit better than I I can, but they're the Heart and Hustle Awards, which are awards by Major League Baseball for one per team, and the player has to show passion for the game, best embody the values of the game, the spirit and traditions, and it's the only award in Major League Baseball that's voted on by former players. So it's a guy, and let's see, does this sound familiar? It's a guy with mad skills on the field, but also has that passion and does cool things off the field. Sounds a lot like... Like our boyfriends? Like our baseball boyfriends? There you go. So we have these baseball boyfriends on this podcast, one from each team. We each have to pick a different one so that we don't fight over anybody. And that's the description. So when the heart and hustles come out, we do a little bit of comparison to seeing how well did they do, right? How well did they do at picking good boyfriends? Right, because we know we pick good boyfriends. We're not sure if they match up to our standards. We spent a lot of time explaining why we got these boyfriends. So I have three, which feels a little bit pathetic, but there are good three. My current boyfriends, Mitch Hanniger on the Seattle team, is uh, is heart and hustle winner. Lorenzo Kane and the Brewers actually made me super smile because yeah. he's hysterical and a crazy good player. And of course, heartthrob, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Shout out to our Padres friends out there. Fernando Tatis Jr. on the Padres. Totally deserving. He just lights it up. You did great. You did great. Three. Three. Right. So I have three current ones. So my current ones are DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees and Nick Goodrum of the Tigers and Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals. I also have some recent boyfriends on my list. None of my last year's boyfriends made it. None of them. We can talk about our standards in picking boyfriends, <laughs> and we do on a regular basis. So right. um, here's my last year's boyfriends for this year's Heart and Hustle. I also think that I picked talent early because a lot of these guys are having career years of this year and not so much last year when I picked them. Uh-huh. So there's that. So I have I have like vision. I'm a visionary with boyfriends. That's what it is. So um, Francisco Lindor of Cleveland, Whit Merrifield of the Royals, Byron Buxton of the Twins, and Javier Baez of the Cubs, and Josh Bell of the Pirates. All last year's boyfriends for me, this year's Heart and Hustle Award winners. Just want to give a little happy hometown shout out to Howie Kendrick. This is how we do it. He's the Nats guy with the Heart and Hustle Award. All right. You win. You win this one. 
we had a mailbag question. We've never had mailbag questions before. This is exciting. This is very exciting. And we'd be happy to answer more of them. So you know how to find us on social media. If you have questions you want to hear the Patty and Patty Mouth take on. We were asked about um, Christian Yelich and Launch Angle because he downplays it all the time, right? So he has said, and it's, it's actually proven out that Launch Angle, focus on just Launch Angle is super good for power but also gives you a high strikeout rate. You either hit it out of the park or you don't hit it at all. And that's not what Yelich has been trying to do. So he has been making a lot of small adjustments to his stance, to his swing, to all of these things. He says, no, I'm not focused on that. But the numbers say a little bit different. The numbers have changed. His launch angle has tripled since last year. And remember, the second half of last year was when he totally took off and he hasn't slowed slowed it down since. But some things to support that whole launch angle isn't everything answer is that I compared the top 10 in the in the stats for home runs. Look at you doing your homework. And batting average. It's math. I love the math, especially when, when actually I'm turning this into a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I looked for where the overlap was between highest batting average and highest number of home runs. Yelich and Bellinger are the only two players in the top 10 on both home run and batting average lists. So that's saying what he's been saying, that if I only do launch angle, I'm going to strike out a lot, right? It's either it's all or nothing. And there's the MVP race right there. Right. It's exactly it. So uh, Mike Trout is the only one who's even close. He's number four on the home run list. Um, Pete Alonso is number three, by the way. So it's Yelich, Bellinger, Alonso, and then Trout. Alonso is nowhere near anything on batting average. And Mike Trout is number 19. So these guys are way up in the in the top 10. So that will tell you something about launch angle. It's great for home runs, but it's not so great for consistent hitting. So a little bit of a shout out to Spinster Jill, who found us on Twitter. We're at NCIB podcast on Twitter. So thanks so much, Jill, because you gave uh, Patty some math and stats to play with this week, which makes her happy. Uh, no, you know what okay, makes me okay. happy? If you have small children <laughs> listening with you, find the sound-canceling headphones, send them out of the room, because here's Potty Mouth doing her most Potty Mouth thing. Aaron fucking Boone, you totally mis- mis- uh, named him at the beginning of the show. That is his name by many of a Red Sox fan, because he is responsible for the Game 7 win, the walk-off uh, home run against the Red Sox in 2003. And so he earned the name Aaron fucking Boone from that moment, and he still has it. So when I first heard this story, I thought, what a great opportunity to do a really good quotation on this podcast. And that's what I still think. So this is a Yankees-Tampa game. And so Yankees and, and Tampa are one and two in the, in the American League East. Tight game. It's bottom of the second. They're tied up. And, uh, and, and Boone is having some issues with the strike zone that the umpire Brennan Miller is giving. And he's in the dugout yelling at the umpire. Fucking better get better now, Brennan. Let's fucking go. Stuff like that. And, uh, and the umpire is letting him know, I hear you. He yells back, I hear you. And finally, Boone did just one too much and said, fucking terrible. And get out, Aaron. Just totally pointed him out, threw him out, deservingly. And then... Wait, before that, that was in response to Brett Gardner. Oh, right. Call, well, so, which is kind of important to the story, okay. right? So meanwhile, 
Brett Gardner's going nuts in the clubhouse with his bat. It's sort of like he's in a New York City apartment trying to tell the people up upstairs to keep it down. He's just jamming the bat on the top of the dugout and against the wall. So apparently, and this is Patty's kind interpretation, Boone is taking the the heat, taking the attention. Look, so I'm that, a shiny thing. Look at the shiny thing. Pay no attention to, to the to, crazy to, man with his bat right. in the background. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he did really look like a good like New York City apartment ad going on back there. So I do respect that. The the sticking up for your players. I respect the colorful language. I think he was very expressive with his emotions. But Perry Barber on Twitter commented, you know, that's really not nice. I mean, I think she said it in much better words. That's really shitty to do to an umpire. You know, you're yelling from the dugout. The umpire is trying to focus. I looked at the the tape. The the it might have been wide. It wasn't egregious. It wasn't crazy. So then Boone. So this is what really get got him famous for this week. And I'm sure lots of you saw that. But I'm gonna say it again for you because it's so much fun. He said, "My go. guys are fucking savages in that fucking box, right? And you have a piece of shit start to this game. I feel bad for you, but fucking get better." That guy's a good pitcher, but our guys are fucking savages in that box. Our guys are savages in the fucking box. Tighten it up right now, okay? Tighten this shit up. That is the full quote, and Yankees fandom goes crazy over being fucking savages. My ears are currently burning. My little ladylike demeanor doesn't know what to do with all of this stuff. So can I take a moment and pick on a different word that's not an f bomb? Sure, you're you're just trying. You're doing the shiny thing. You're like look, look, shiny thing. Squirrel, right? Potty no, mouse di- talking di- about this. Different I'm s word. Redirect. <laughs> so yeah. So um, as as Patty pointed out, so you know the fandom's going nuts. There are Bronx Savages T-shirts. We're you know we're we are savages in the box T-shirts and all that. I am going to pick a bone about the word savages. He's not using it as we. We are playing savagely. Our, our demeanor is savage. Our attitude is savage. He's saying we are savages, which is a little bit like a slur yeah. in my book. Yeah. And you can see it coming from Cleveland. And recent, and currently my team is playing Atlanta. I'm a little sensitive to those words. It's not for me to say, but I'm just saying it may not be racist, but it might be race-ish. Um, Boone said that this this word came up. It's like an internal code word in the clubhouse. During spring training, they were doing mental conditioning exercises and the person leading them through this said, think of a word that you can all agree on that's you want to focus on that wants that will define you. And he said, so we pick savage. They we, didn't I, pick fuck. No, they, they did not. And <laughs> please stop saying that. Right. And, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But, but Boone is saying, well, we pick savage. I mean, it means relentless. And I'm thinking, why didn't you pick relentless? You can say that on TV, you know. Um, so he had a one-game suspension because he got right in the umpire's face. He used a lot of imp- improper, inappropriate language, and he kind of like I think like his his cap bumped the umpire, which is enough. That's enough contact. So he got a one-game suspension, which he's already served. Um, interestingly, the umpires' union, which went um, over the line, shall we say, in a lot of people's viewpoint over Manny Machado having a similar kind of outburst and touching the umpire about at that level, there was a tirade on Twitter about that. And there wasn't a peep. There was no peep on the umpire union's Twitter. And I don't know if they don't mind if it's Aaron freaking boom. You almost got it. I I almost can't can't do it. Um, Or if uh, maybe they just are saying, okay, we got to stay out of this stuff. I don't know. Huh. It's a thing. That is it's notable. An interesting thing. And you know what? We're going to tie right back to Machado in a moment. 
Let's do. Because um, sort of like the preview and going to get back to it is that our dear friends over in the Padres world have challenged me to find something lovely about Machado. And I'm trying, and maybe this is lovely-ish almost, but it has to do with the whole Marisnik uh, follow-up, the Marisnik Lukoi, which I can barely get out of my mouth. Lukoi, right? Mm -hmm. The Angels catcher. That collision collision (laughs) last week. Go back and listen to the description of that. But you know, when there's a conflict between two clubs, it's hard to let it go. So this is the Angels and the Astros. Their catchers collided, and there is follow-up. Noe Ramirez, pitcher of the Angels, throws at Marisnik's head. Marisnik is who they're blaming for crashing into their catcher, understandably. But, damn it, then strike him out. Then do your job. Then really make him work. Do not try to injure him with a 90-plus mile-an-hour projectile that can do some serious fucking damage. A.J. Hinch notes, that, I quote, they need to hit guys the right way, which, See, you know, you know, that's not really helping. I mean, no. yes, I would rather he got hit in the butt than in the head, but that's still not really the whole point here. No, exactly. Exactly. Do not throw at a batter. It's stupid. Apparently, Brad Osmus, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, the Angels manager defended him, saying that he didn't really mean to do it, blah, blah, blah. Ramirez got three-game suspension, which he is appealing with a fine. Osmus got one, and he served it the next time against the Astros, which is when you really should serve it because it's the club that you you know went against uh in a poor way. And again, I just want to just chime in there with we've talked we talked about this when about this the collision and all of that before. The intent has to come out of the decision about if there's any punishment at all, because the point to be made is this is unacceptable. Whether you didn't mean it or not, it still could cause a, a life threatening or career ending injury. So it has to be noted. It has to be dealt with. Yeah, exactly. So fuck that manager, because even if he didn't mean to throw high, he was Throwing irresponsibly. And if you're in that window, you've got to make up for it or you've, and you've got to stop it. Kudos, though, to Jake Marisnik, who's taking the high road. The benches did not clear because he said so. He told his teammates who are ready to come out, don't do it. Yeah, he really did take the high road. He was like, yep, I, we all know this was coming. We're prepared. We know this is happening. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. I am sorry for my role in all of this. Let's keep going. So power to him. Someone who is not moving on, however, is Manny Machado, who's a little bitter about his own, you know, that that exact same call out that you talked about on the last bit from the umpires. And he did this little Internet rant, which was a combination between lovely. Yes, you guys got that part. But also there's just still something about it that just rubs me the wrong way. So He's resentful that Marisnik, with his the way that he crashed into the catcher, only got a I shit. How many suspension was it? Two days. It was two two games. Yeah, it was it was less than throwing it. Yeah, the the bat that is being thrown at. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Um, and Machado said he would have gotten twenty. Now, he went on to say, and this is the lovely part, ladies, he went on to say that he has mad respect for Marisnik. That's a good thing. He has respect for the way that Marisnik's been classy through it. He tried to make amends immediately, and then this whole thing about not having the dugout come out. And the other lovely part about Machado, I think, is how he's trying to defend Latino players as a whole. 
and saying that, you know, this has something to do with it. This has, they don't like how we're expressing ourselves. And he said, this, ta- this game, it's fucking nuts. Latinos got to stick together siempre juntos, always together. So that's also lovely. I do think, however, that Machado just has to be a good role model at this point. And I, I think he's, I'm hoping, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Seems like he's doing right by you Padres folks. He has a past that he has to make amends for. And, and we are speaking from a long history. You know, yeah. we, we, we live here very close to Baltimore. We've watched him for years. Yeah. And we watched him in Baltimore on one specific night where he spiked Dustin Pedroia. And that is where those of us in Red Sox Nation have a hard time. And yes, I know then the Sox threw at Manny's head. And I said this, do not throw at heads. Don't throw at Manny's head. Don't throw at anybody's head. That was a shit move. It should not have been done. But the injury that he did to Pedroia, which Pedroia completely forgives him for, by the way, and does not say that it was dirty. So I should really lighten the fuck up, I guess. But it it stopped his career. So at that point... Even if it wasn't intentional, you've got to be aware of the way you're playing and you've got to say that plays like that are not okay and I'm going to do better. That's my two cents. Or it's probably like a buck by now, right? A buck 20, but no one is counting. Okay. We haven't done a grooming segment in a long time. That is something that's lovely about Machado. He's a nice looking young man. Yes, he is. He's very well groomed. Very nice. There we go. How Mm -hmm. about that? Okay. So- this grooming segment pretty much threw itself at us. We could not mention this. Danny Jensen, the rookie catcher of the Blue Jays, playing Friday night in Detroit, was 0 for 3 in the game and then came out for his next at bat and he no longer had the mustache that he did at his first three at bats because he thought his mustache had something to do with it, something to do with him going 0 for 3. So he shaved it, got a hit. So it did have something to do with Apparently, it. Apparently, I don't know, weighing him down yeah. maybe. I mean, it was harder to keep his head still. I don't know, but... This is a pattern for him. Last year in AAA, he did the same thing. And he said, for some reason, I'm two for two with a mustache shave. If it works, it works. You know, I actually had to do a super close up on that because it's really hard to see his mustache. It could have been shadows. It was a very fair haired man. But no, I think it was there. But the the amount of weight that it was added, that that part's kind of, you know. Maybe it was like drawing his focus away. You know, I've got this thing on my upper lip. I can't really keep my eye on the ball. I don't know what it was. Was this one of those hot days? Could it have been like itchy? Oh, sure. Could have been itchy. Let's go with that. We want to thank, on this Women and Baseball Weekday, Perry Barber, who we've spoken with before a couple times and hope to again, female umpire, and others who advocated for the Association of Professional Ball Players of America to welcome all of the American Girls Professional Baseball League, all players, both live and, the, and posthumously welcomed three of them, to their organization. And this is an organization for retired ball players. That provides uh, different types of financial support, medical aid, career counseling, lots of good stuff. It's a, it's a community. It's an organization. And now there's a bunch of women in it, thanks to Perry Barber and others. It's recognizing that they are, in fact, professional ballplayers and that nowhere does the word man appear in that organization name. So hooray. Yeah. And more for, for Women in Baseball Week. The A's are taking your advice, Patty. I love when Major League Baseball listens to me. What did they do this time? They invited girls to the stadium, to the Coliseum for a couple of things. And you've always said that it just adds that extra layer of 
of impressiveness, credibility, whatever you want to call it, when it's happening in the major league stadium. So if you're going to recognize girls baseball, that's a great place to do it. They actually have women executive on the A's. You know, Justine Siegel was a former coach and and Haley Avril is, is one of the, the scouts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had enough women executives to talk to middle school girls there last Friday. And then they invited 500 of the athletes and coaches from the Baseball for All organization to a game there Friday night. Then they went to the Baseball for All uh, opening ceremony. And this is last weekend. They had the home series in Albany, California. Thank you very much for for fixing me on that. I was wondering about this cross-country travel when I was <laughs> first looking Albany. at this story. Yeah. I'm here for you, Potty Moth. I will always be here for you. <laughs> here we, go. we have a so, history of me navigating with you. Yes. So there it is. That's I don't exactly know where I'm going, but you just tell me which direction to turn, and sure enough, we get there. Except for you never turn away from the F-bombs hard as I try. <laughs> that's true. That's, it's a magnet. It's just a magnet. Um, and then the last bit is another thing that you put a lovely spit on, that they invited girls for a clinic at the Coliseum in softball. And I was like, huh, why would that be? And you're looking at it as, as being inclusive, right? I am. It's also a softball clinic. It's not, we're doing all these things. And instead of addressing baseball, we're only going to address softball. It looks to me like it's an also, because there are a lot of girls who play and who enjoy the sport. And it's a different sport. So you can come too. Yay. That's what I'm thinking. So we want to see more teams doing this. I saw a last minute thing about the Minnesota Twins uh, having some sort of clinic for girls today, girls in, in Minnesota. And I'm not sure who else is doing it. But dear listeners, if you know of any teams that are doing something for girls in baseball, send it off to us. Also, if it's happening at a local or regional level around you, because those that's where all this starts. It all starts at the community level and then it mm-hmm. builds. So if you've got something cool happening in your neighborhood, please do let us know and we will talk about it. We have got so much baseball in the week coming up. It feels like we were in kind of a drought. Um, our teams have been away, but they're back and we get to go to some Rockies game games and the Dodgers are in town this coming oh, I'm weekend. I'm excited to see the Dodgers. That's going to be so much fun. And our local, our teeny tiny local Cal Ripken Collegiate Wooden Bat League is going to be in the playoffs starting next weekend. And your daughter has a big role in that, right? She does. She's the assistant GM, which means she manages the inter- interns. But that title is really cool. Assistant GM is an amazing Isn't title. It? I mean, it's going to look, good. So it's gonna look cool. good on the resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only she would pursue sports management. Okay, never mind. You never know. You she, never might, know. she might. But anyway, so there's lots of baseball on the local level, on the major league level that we're going to this coming week, and I can't be more excited about it. One more thing for you to be excited about. What you is it? You have a coup going on in our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball I do not. Nothing league. has moved for weeks. Well, yes, it has. What happened? All of a sudden, you are in third place. Get out. Okay. I'm number three. You're I'm number three. Right? I'm so you're on the, uh, the the three like podiums. You get a podium place at I'm, this point. I'm, I'm taking if, home the if bronze. We were, if we were to end the, the season can today, we? which we are can not. We? Oh, we have a lot of baseball to go. Maybe one of these weeks I will actually remember to change my lineup because apparently the Cardinals pitching is having serious problems. Other people are dropping them left and right from their fantasy baseball leagues, but not me because it's nice that you're so loyal. I am that's it. That's because I'm loyal to this pick that I made really, <laughs> really poorly in the beginning of the season, despite my best intentions, dear Cardinals fans. But there you have it. I'm in the basement. El Wambo's on top. I'm going to take a little screenshot, maybe frame it, because I know in this league, this stuff doesn't last for long. So it's fleeting, but I'll take it. During the course of this week, if you don't have a bunch of games to go to like we do, please feel free to listen to past episodes of our show. If you like it, tell your friends about it. If you think they would enjoy our take on baseball as well, 
Find us on social media. Leave us a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.